In the know for Wednesday, October 27, the 300th day of 2021. There are 65 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com, via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podcast. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and the hashtag. Well, we call it In the Know. Coming up today, we will update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the commonwealth, and the country. We will do candy calculus. How much candy do you need from your for your household heading into the weekend? We've got a mathematic formula that will help you figure it out. And then we will also uh, just do some other how to get your kids to eat vegetables. You know, we'll balance it out between candy and vegetables. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the no, settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire, is my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl, it's me. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you. Hey, you are, you know something that maybe not a lot of other people know. Oh, dear. Your go-to power move life hack at bedtime is a glass of milk. Oh, Yeah. Milk is good for you at bedtime, and it doesn't even have to be warm milk. But milk milk relieves stress. It makes you sleep better. It calms you and makes you ready for a good night's sleep. But you I knew that already, didn't you? I did, but I don't warm up my milk no. at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't. The warm milk doesn't really even sound appealing. Milk that sat on the counter for about fifteen minutes doesn't even really sound appealing. But good cold milk, mm-hmm. it'll it'll fix what ails you in most cases. Now. Do you have milk and peanut butter or just the milk? How does that work? Well, sometimes both. <laughs> okay. All right. Sometimes just one. A little late night snack. That's all right. That's very good. Yeah, milk's uh, milk. Uh, they say it does a body good. I've uh, heard that somewhere along the line. Over there in chair number two, we say good morning to Grayson County Ag Agent, Miss Whitney Carmen. Welcome back. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. I know. You were, nod- you were nodding your head during all that milk conversation. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, yeah. 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 You represent dairy farmers, don't you? I do. Yeah, and some good ones at that. Uh-huh. Real uh, good ones. Do you prefer um, you milk or chocolate milk? Do you well, have I mean, a, if I'm going to prefer it, I'm going to obviously do chocolate milk, but really? I will eat plain white milk. Yeah. That's what's funny. I'm not, I don't like, I don't like plain, I don't like chocolate milk. I don't know why. It was just... Um, I don't I, like I, it occasionally. Sure I actually... Why. Well, and of course, right now we have lots of kids growing in our family, so we drink <laughs> a lot of milk, uh, but we also drink a lot of chocolate milk after practices and things like that. I remember okay. when I was about 15 
And then so my sisters were behind me, and we were huge milk consumers at that time. My mother says we were we should have had a cow out back. We were going through <laughs> going through that much milk. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the animal world, this made me uh, laugh. A mama bear and two cubs crashed a wedding down in the Smoky Mountains. One pair of newlyweds in Weir's Valley. I've been to Weir's Valley. Uh-huh. You've been to Weir's Valley. Uh-huh. Probably most of us have been to uh, Weir's Valley. They had a unique set of wedding crashers this week. A bear and her two cubs. Taylor and Blake Clabaugh were set to get married in Weir's Valley when their special day was put on hold as the three bears stopped by to check out the wedding decor. <laughs> the surprise visit was good news for the bride and groom. People have said it's good luck to see say. them or have them at your wedding. They say rain on your wedding day is good luck, too. Bears show up. Of course, you know, you have a wedding in the Smoky Mountains. There's a better than average chance you're going to exactly. have Exactly. I bears, love it. Especially this time of year. By. That's but funny. <laughs> it'd be one of those things like, uh-oh, well, I... Did they pose for photos? I know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'd have been trying to get a photo off in, in the distance. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to see clouds, which will stream in today. Um, got a little bit cool overnight. Didn't get down to, I didn't see any frost, uh, so hopefully uh, we were spared from that. But in in portions of the region of the United States, still some frost possibility until about this time of morning, so should be gone now. But showers are approaching before sunrise tomorrow. And they will linger through Saturday morning, and the rain should be out of here by midday on Saturday with a dry and pleasant setup into Halloween. So Halloween proper on Sunday, the yucky stuff's going to be out of the way by then, and won't be bad. Uh, will be a pleasant afternoon into evening when trick-or-treat hours um, are are actually in earnest if you're doing that on Sunday. But even on Saturday, it's not going to be too bad. Rain's going to dry up middle of the day, and so back to nobody wants to carry an umbrella while they're out trick-or-treating mm-hmm. on Saturday. But we'll see high overcast uh, today, a high 59. Increasing clouds, showers late tonight, rain chance of uh, 30%, low of 50. And periods of rain tomorrow, 100% chance of rain at points tomorrow, and 56 will be your high for your Thursday. So gloomy, yucky, um, not at all. And can I say... I guess I noticed it on Monday. There was it was almost like flipping a switch sometime between Saturday and Monday mm-hmm. on our fall color. Yes, like everything. All yeah. of a sudden, everything popped. Yeah, uh, I noticed that too. It was, um, you know, it had lingered. It had stayed warm longer, and our our trees were holding on. They were holding on. And then it's like I looked away and I looked back and everything had just come into all its glory. It well, was and wonderful. what trees were or what leaves were left because the wind on, over the weekend really did a number on ours around home. Yeah. But well, it's what's uh, there is pretty that time of year. Mm-hmm. You have leaves piling up before too long. An FDA panel has backed Pfizer's low dose COVID nineteen vaccine. For kids, the U.S. has moved a step closer to expanding COVID-19 vaccinations for millions more children as government advisors yesterday endorsed kid-sized doses of Pfizer shot for 5 to 11-year-olds. The FDA advisory panel voted unanimously with uh, one abstention that the vaccine's benefits in preventing COVID-19 in that age group outweigh any potential risks. I also read where they're going to package it differently. It's going to look, uh, this is going to have a completely different color to it than the normal packaging to make sure they don't get mixed up yeah. since kids need a much smaller dose. And I've heard, I've, I've actually heard of, uh, you've heard some stories about kids accidentally getting it. There was one out earlier this week. So I was like, mm, you yeah. think they would do something a little different. Yeah, it's going to come in special orange capped vials to avoid dosage mix-ups. 
And uh, more than 25,000 pediatricians and other primary care providers have signed up so far to offer vaccination, which will also be available at pharmacies and other locations. You know a lot of pediatrician clinics, you know, are having to ramp up and get ready, you mm-hmm. know, for uh, for this. But you also know that there are a lot of... Um, a lot of parents, including those in this room who are also having to, you know, consider the virtues of when it's time, when it's time to do that, if it's time mm-hmm. to do that, um, et cetera. So lots of more decision making uh, in the coming days for parents all over the country when mm-hmm. choosing whether they will or whether they won't. The uh, let me give you the latest COVID-19 totals for whatever reason. It didn't uh, it didn't come out on a hard copy. So I got it on my uh, I got it on my iPad here. I want to make sure that uh, the governor reported yesterday 1,493 new COVID-19 cases and 25 virus-related deaths. They bring the state's total to 9,665. There are 893 patients hospitalized in Kentucky, 266 of them in ICU, 148 on ventilators. So again, we've talked about the caseload is coming down, but the uh, the death number is not yet because it lags behind by a couple of weeks. So we're still going to have a few more uh, deadly, deadly days. Uh, I also then stood, I guess this shouldn't surprise me. Um, I saw some information over the last week or so that confirms this headline, but I've got some new information today that the FEMA is providing financial assistance for COVID-19 related funeral expenses through the uh, ARPA or the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriations Act. Um, <clears throat> Governor Bashir shared some of this information yesterday in his briefing. He said having a death in the family due to COVID is hard enough. Funeral expenses on top of it can be enough to hit the families even harder. And FEMA is willing to pay some of the costs for you if you have gone through this. So covered for reimbursement, our funeral expenses included after January 20, 2020. Mm-hmm. So they're going to roll it all the way back to even a time before we knew it was a thing. They include, but are not limited to, transfer of remains, casket or urn, burial plot or a cre- cremation niche, uh, marker or headstone, use of funeral equipment and staff, cremation or internment costs, and costs associated with producing and certifying death certificates. To be eligible for reimbursement, the death must have occurred in the United States. The death certificate must indicate the death was caused by or attributed to COVID-19, and the applicant must be a U.S. citizen, Also, although the deceased need not be one. So you can find more information online. Obviously, we're closing in on 10,000 uh, Kentucky lives lost. And there have been many of many people, including myself, who have been speculative over the last year and a half wondering, well, are all the things they're labeling as COVID-19 actually COVID-19 right. related? And this is one of those issues where it's going to end up being important because it you know, there there might be several dollar resources on the line, whether it is or whether it isn't. Um, anyway, it's an interesting, I guess, w- the day we started this COVID-19, what is it? And, you know, all the variables and we're trying to figure out, I'd never really considered FEMA's role in helping with death-related expenses. Right, I hadn't either. Um, Nor did so, I. No. Um, and... Uh, you know, also, if, if you're someone who lost someone early on in the in the pandemic, you know, this includes you. You know, right. you, can you, can back back and, and, you can go back and you can go back and and figure this out with uh, with FEMA. So maybe it's a resource that uh, 
that will help. Kentucky Secretary of State Michael Adams appeared before the U.S. Senate Rules Committee yesterday in a hearing uh, that uh, talks about emerging threats to election administration. During his testimony, which was done remotely from his office in Frankfurt, he said voting has never been as accessible nor as secure as it has been during the 21 months of his term. I, I got to tell you, he's taking this very seriously. And I, when he was running for office, I kind of thought, well, I don't know if he has the, you know, I don't know if he has the charisma or the charm or the, he doesn't really seem like a politician, but uh, he doesn't really need to be, right, you know, he's gone, in, gone in there and seemingly done a good job. I have no, no points of contention with him Mm-mm. on how he's approached it. In fact, he's done some things to me, that are refreshing that we see very little of these days, and that's an attempt to be bipartisan in nature and reach out to people on the other side and see how we can compromise and work together. By the way, compromise means both parties have to give up something. It doesn't mean compromise is I get everything I'm asking for and you get nothing. That's not – that's there's the co, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the co in the front of compromise, and they've been able to do that, especially during a time where we were just really trying to figure it out. How do we protect the sanctity of our elections in Kentucky when we've got a distance and we don't need to be standing shoulder to shoulder at the polls? And I know there are still people who maintain that uh, there was election corruption around the country when it comes to the presidential election. But I didn't hear any such claims about that in Kentucky, mostly because the person who carried Kentucky and got all the votes was the one that commonly accepted that would happen. Mm -hmm. You know, there were no surprises, but. But still, I think there's been a lot of good changes through that process. I, it seemed, and I know maybe it's a burden on election staff mm-hmm. and, and the process locally, clerks, et cetera, but the ability to expand that voting process to include a Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, to start it, to start it on one, start it on a Friday or mm-hmm. a Saturday and run through Tuesday and then be able to protect the the ballots and the process to know that the totals you're getting are a representation of the electorate. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I just mm-hmm. I and anything anything to remove the excuses away from people participating sure. in the process. Yeah, because I mean, especially if you live out of the county uh, that you vote in and the travel time. I know that they the typical six to six was you know well you should have time, but not if you have kids and practices and things like that too. So it's I was thankful that they updated that. I was always of the, and I have to be careful about using my experience Mm -hmm. and going, well, it's adequate. It's good for me, so it's good for everybody. (laughs) But I always thought, well, between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., you know, Uh I've got the ability. I can find and carve out. But I have control of my schedule. You know, I can say, I can go do this or I can do it on my way and blah, blah, blah. But not everyone has that same. Mm -hmm. There's some people that punch a clock for 12 hours a day, Mm -hmm. you know, and go, I I can't do Mm -hmm. it. I also know that as humans, any little pebble in our path has Mm -hmm. a tendency to be, oh, I can't can't get around (laughs) that boulder. Uh I mean, holy moly, I got to so... Whatever helps us. And I think there is a, because I remember it was a really big, big deal. You know, I think there's a common ground there. that, And I think they've kind of met that. You know, there was the argument that, well, they're giving people too much time versus not enough. So I think that we're to that point that yeah, it's good for I everybody. Just, you know, when I see things like uh, we, we'll strap four people to the top of a rocket in Florida. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we'll send them into outer space, some of them for well, three days. Well, still not working, but... <laughs> or we'll send them to the International Space Station yes. where they'll dock in uh-huh. the middle of space and they'll crawl from one capsule into the International Space Station uh-huh. and they can watch probably Netflix on their iPad uh-huh. in outer space orbiting the world at thousands of miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we protect our elections? Yeah. You would think. I would. I would. I would think so. We we're doing Seems big. Like a, we're not doing a very daunting task. Big things. Like we're doing super big things. Can't we there are maybe smart maybe people out there that can figure this out. Nail yeah. the small things. Uh-huh. I mean, I just think that would be. It's a reasonable expectation on my part. Uh-huh. I would think. Yeah. Kentucky Army and Air National Guard officials, along with civilian state leadership. We're all on hand yesterday as ground was broken for the new Joint Force Headquarters building at the Boone National Guard Center. Governor Bashir was among those wielding shovels for the event. He said, today I'm proud to join the Kentucky National Guard to celebrate the groundbreaking of the Joint Force Headquarters facility, which is a project that has been 20 years in the making. This facility will make a difference in the way our brave Guard members serve and protect Kentuckians, and there's no better time than after this challenging year to ensure these heroes have the resources they need to serve. I saw some renderings mm-hmm. of it yesterday. It looked pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, what they've got planned, it's modern looking, and it uh, should be able to, to house both of um, both of those entities, so mm-hmm. good good for them. I probably be finished in what a year and a half something yeah, like something that on like those that. types of projects it's gonna benefit my brother-in-law so that's good, be good. Uh, american electric power or aep announced yesterday its plans to sell its kentucky operations including kentucky power to liberty which is a company with significant experience providing electric natural gas water and wastewater services to more than a million customer connections mainly in 13 u.s states and canada the sale must be approved by regulators, including the Kentucky Public Service Commission and then the uh, Federal Energy Regulation Commission. I will, uh, just as an aside, more, it really doesn't impact us in this part of the state, but until a few years ago when I got involved with the uh, Kentucky Broadcasters Association, I had no idea AEP was even a company. Mm-hmm. You know, we know the cooperatives. You know, we sure. know Nolan and Warren and those, and we know BGMU and we know... Mm-hmm. Um, KU and LG&E, I'm like, who's AEP? But they were a tenant in the uh, KBA headquarters in Frankfurt. They were a tenant downstairs, and I was like, oh, okay, so that's who Mm -hmm. they are. But they've slowly been retreating out of Kentucky over the last five years, so not surprised they would sell off that customer base. So there you go. Um, News that kind of uh, perked up my eyes today. Dolly Parton's Imagination Library book gifting program is expanding throughout Kentucky, according to an announcement by the Department of Education, with the goal of inspiring a love of reading the voluntary program gift books each month to children from infancy to five years of age, free of charge to families, through funding shared by Parton and Kentucky state government and community partners. Uh, Dolly said, I'm so excited and want to thank everyone partnering with us to make more dreams come true for children and families in Kentucky. State funding will help increase registration in existing Kentucky Imagination Library programs and find community partners to start new ones. I think Uh, that's great. Something we've talked about personally at our house about this Mm -hmm. uh, because of one of Miss Buckles over there, her love of books and, Mm -hmm. you know, how we could do that. So, uh, you know, I would like to think maybe we can be involved in helping, you know, roll this out or make this a reality locally Mm -hmm. i think it would be a great program and something great that uh, dolly parton and her team uh, do so good for them 
A uh, game number one of uh, World Series was last night. I guess we better get the obvious out of the way first. Uh, Whitney, <laughs> uh, broken hearts around your yeah, house when the Dodgers didn't win the pennant. Yeah, we got some got a broken heart in the family, and yeah. He was not very happy, but at the same time, I said, son, your team's going to lose more than they're going to win. I just want you to understand that. And he goes, I know. It's it's an important lesson (laughs) to learn. Yes, it is. It is. But Uh, he's rooting for the Braves because we're not allowed to root for the Trastros. The Trastros (laughs) or the Whistlers. You know, it went around last week. They were whistling and stealing Mm -hmm. signs. Uh, So um, I said last night, I think I'm for the Braves. I don't. I generally would pull for the American League, uh, and I can cheer for the Astros, but I think I'm for the Braves. Yeah, I I'm, think I'm, I actually would like to see the Braves. Of course, I grew up in the TB or what is it TNT TBS TBS and WGN yeah, and you know, so, Cubs and Cubs and Braves. Right, and so I watched them a little more whenever I was growing up when I did when baseball was on TV. But it was so I'm kind of excited to see them do it. So but. they convincingly won last night, six to two. But the mm-hmm. big, but the the big news was. Morton's injury yeah. last night. Pit, he threw 16 more pitches after his mm-hmm. leg was broken. Yeah. I mean, isn't that a neat thing, though? It is. To think about it? I, yeah, I can't. All that goes into pitching is amazing to me anyway, but to, to pitch that fast, that hard on a broken leg is... Yeah, he took a he took a ball in the shin that broke his leg, but he's got enough adrenaline going that That's he powered through and yeah. threw sixteen more pitches. But he's Good out. For, yeah, he's out for the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Braves win in convincing fashion last night. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got plenty more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. Today is Boxer Shorts Day. All right, girls, y'all wear, wearing your boxer shorts today? <laughs> no. Uh, no. No on the boxer shorts? Okay. Um, it, today is um, Cranky Coworkers Day. I can be a cranky coworker. You can be? Mm-hmm. Well, I got to looking around. I thought, you know, I don't have any cranky coworkers. And then I thought, uh oh. That means it's me. <laughs> you look around and you don't have any, you know there has to be one. So I guess I are. I are him. It's Navy Day today, paying tribute to all U.S. men and women who serve as sailors. October 27, 1775 is considered by many to be the birthday of the U.S. Navy. And today is also Potato Day. I do love some potatoes. I do too. Potatoes are good in many, many formats. They are. And then one of Alea's favorite uh, Disney shorts is uh, Potato Land when they load... When they Mickey loads uh, Goofy up, and he's always wanted to go to Potato Land, <laughs> and so but they come to find out it doesn't really exist, so they have to build it overnight mm-hmm. while Goofy's sleeping, and so all I have to do to LA is say Potato Land, <laughs> and she's uh, she will laugh, she yeah. laughs, uh, she laughs pretty big. Um, speaking of potatoes, I, I don't know if I'm buying on this or not, but a woman in West Yorkshire, England. You know, over there they call potato chips crisps. Yes. In the United Kingdom. So she had a. Because chips are fries, right? Yeah, chips are fries mm-hmm. and crisps are chips <laughs> and cookies are biscuits. Yes. 
Yes. You follow? <laughs> yeah, I follow. Yeah. Yeah, I and, do. And tea is yuck, according it's to brown water. Oh, it's true. brown water. Yeah. Which is confusing because in Kentucky, people call brown something else brown water. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, now we're getting all oh, getting all mercy. confused on this. But they do have apparently. We have Aldi here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in the United Kingdom, they also have Aldi. So she opened up a bag of crisps. She's thirty years of age. Her name is uh, Leah. And she opened up her bag of potato chips, and there was an entire potato in the bag. Okay. Well, how did I have a how lot did of questions? Inspection, <laughs> right? That's my thing. <laughs> there are so many things before you get to putting it in the bag. Like if yeah. you are doing like a conveyor belt, whatever. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that have to happen. Exactly. Hey, guys, this just goes to show you the U.S. has the best food supply. (laughs) (laughs) Just FYI. (laughs) I mean, I would think so. But here's what's ironic about this is that I've been watching a show on the Smithsonian Channel called Mm -hmm. Inside the Factory that is based in the United Kingdom. And they do milk production. Like they travel. They take milk from from where it comes out of the cow to where it goes in the jug and it comes off the shelf. Mm-hmm. All right, so that, that whole process. Mm-hmm. And so they've done this with candy. They've done it with bread. They've done And I find it fascinating, the logistics involved. Mm-hmm. So I'm the same as you. How can – this is some glorious bypass of the system. <laughs> like a, a whole potato came into the plant. Somebody was and, sleeping on the job. And went around all <laughs> of the equipment. Somebody was being funny. Like went all around – all the way around the equipment and then dropped it in a bag and it got sealed up. And the thing is she got – Got two bags. They were the smaller individual bags, and she handed one to her husband, and his was normal. That's what and, I'm saying. And so when she be. opened hers up, she looked in it, and she reached in. She said, <laughs> "I felt this ball in there," and she pulled it out, and, and it he's, a, he just laughed. Was at it because a crispy he had a potato, bag. like a cooked potato? I'm, it, it well, and the thing is, I'm sorry, if she I have had lots two, of yeah, me too. But if she had two, hers had to be a lot heavier. Yeah. I mean, a whole potato is dense. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, it's not. The same weight. Someone as did. E- either chips. she did this, like this is something, and they're trying to become famous in some way, mm. or someone at the plant. Yeah, was playing was, a joke. Yeah, it was like, hey, let's I mean, see. That would, even, that would even mess up your. Uh, listen, this would even mess up your boxing weights, and you know when you box them up, and your amount that you put in a box. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Sure. I'm getting deep. That's yeah. what I mean. There are too yeah. many. There are too many variables gates yeah. that potatoes yeah. have to go through <laughs> to get to the bag. You have a whole potato in There's yeah. not the ultimate workaround <laughs> where you're like you go over the top of everything. Or is this their version of Willy Wonka? It could be. Is this the golden potato? <laughs> you know, like if you get a golden potato, you win. You win everything. But I don't yeah. think we have the photo. But another photo I have, though, it says they're hand-cooked crisps. And it says across the top, they're specially selected. <laughs> it was like, well, uh, well yeah. Yeah, Someone specially selected this potato and dropped it into an empty bag and said, let's let's oh, see so what let's see what happens. Uh, so we had the question last night. Okay. Uh, or maybe it was even this morning. Are we going to have any trick-or-treaters? I have thoughts about this whole situation. We we probably are not going to have trick-or-treaters because, well, historically we haven't been home because we've been at the Safe Spot event. Uh, but also our neighborhood is just not filled with mm-hmm. young, young kids who would be knocking door-to-door. Mm-hmm. But then we have to go, well, but... 
I guess so-and-so could, mm -hmm. you know, and and it's also not polite to go, hey, are you all going to come ring our doorbell? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you've got to consider you can't be get caught empty-handed. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? So how to calculate how much candy you need is a segment I like to call Candy Calculus. Okay. All right. Now, <laughs> many of you probably didn't want to take calculus in school. I had to. But when it comes to candy, mm -hmm. then you might be a little more open-minded to it. So to figure out, the first section of your calculus has to calculate the total amount that you need or the gross mm -hmm. amount of candy you'll need for your trick-or-treaters, right? Because there's, there's, there's two parts to the calculus here. I, I, I think I know where you're going with The first one this. is how much you need for your trick-or-treaters, and the way you'll do that is you'll take the amount of time uh -huh. that you're going to have your lights on mm -hmm. multiplied by the number of kids you think you'll see. Uh-huh. Then multiplied by the generosity quotient. Uh huh. This already sounds like an episode of Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I got you. So, I'll are you? Up. Is your generosity at a high level? So you have to take all those variables and then mm -hmm. multiply them together. Mm -hmm. But then, oh no, you can't stop there. Then you'll need to consider how much you're going to eat. The days ahead of Halloween, it is when you buy the candy. <laughs> multiplied by. Your household size yeah. <laughs> multiplied by your household sneakiness level. Oh, yeah. Those two are going to be something. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how high up in the closet I hide it. That's where. So you've got, my children are very sneaky. So <laughs> You've got lots of relative figures in here when mm -hmm. you consider the generosity quotient mm -hmm. and the sneakiness quotient. They can have... They can have a big ripple effect on your calculus if you get it wrong. Right. Because you may, and then there's another. You've got to factor in the weather. Mm -hmm. If the forecast calls for rain, you should divide by 1.5. Oh, I was saying two. <sighs> well, I'm not even going to be home, okay. and which aggravates me because we're not going to be home on Saturday, and that's when our, our community is doing trick-or-treat, which is... Not Halloween, but anyway. And so on Sunday, we're doing trick-or-treat in another little, in my mom and dad's community because they're doing it on actually Halloween. So we're not even going to be home to okay. to do it. Well, that's the other thing mm -hmm. is that. Do you sit it out on the porch and just say. Ju uh, yeah. Ju Judge Henderson said, you do what you think's best for your schedule in your life. Then city of Caneyville, Litchfield and Clarkson said Saturday, five to eight. So now you've got, depending upon where you live. And be like, well, I'm technically in the county, so mm -hmm. am I, you know, do I then do, do I need to allow for that in my calculus to add two days? So I don't know. Yeah. So part one, let's just say, for instance, you had three hours. You're mm -hmm. going to have 70 kids. Your generosity is a three. Three pieces. Three. Or just if you could rate it on a scale of one mm -hmm. to ten. So, okay. but, but pieces would work. Okay. You'd need 630 pieces of candy. Sure, that's a lot of candy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's how many you need, three hours. So then let's say um, six days ahead of Halloween, you have five people in your household. Their sneakiness level is a two. You'll three. need 60 pieces of candy. <laughs> <laughs> so see, it's very simple to figure yeah. out. Yeah. So you add those two together, you need 690 pieces of candy. But then if it rains, you divide that by 1.5. Mm -hmm. Feel free to tweet me. If you need to, if you need help with my calculus, <laughs> please do. And you say, "Can I get your formula for candy calculus?" Just tweet me, and I'll yeah. uh, be happy to uh, share it with you. I also was fascinated this morning by the Halloween candy that came out in the decade that you were born. 
You know, about oh. every 10 years, we get yeah. new types of candy that uh, stay with us. So if you were born in the 1940s, which was a dark time for a lot of humanity, mm-hmm. World War One, yeah. and all that, yeah. uh, M&M's first hit shelves in 1941, Bazooka Bubblegum hit shelves in 1947, Almond Joys born in 1948, Smarties started in 1949. <laughs> wow. 1950s, post-World War II, we got... Uh, two of the non-chocolate favorites that we have today, the cinnamon-flavored hot tamales. Okay. Came out in 1950. And Pixie Sticks in 1952. Oh, my kids love Pixie Sticks. Straight sugar. Mm-hmm. That's why they love it. I was at, I had to be at that board dinner a week ago, and someone was asking about something, something from the bar, and the waiter said, our signature cocktail is a Pixie Stick Martini. martini. And I thought... You must have been in Lexington. Yeah, we were at Malone's. So <laughs> I was going to say. You must have known that too. <laughs> I know but, exactly which one But I almost about, puckered. But... Like, I, yeah. I, I, I was yeah. not going to choose anything That's like that. That's signature drink. But yes. I was like, I, I puckered. I was like, ugh, mm-hmm. Pixie Stick. Like, now, I, for the record, I've not had one, but I do know. I bet they look fancy. I think they're blue. Probably. Yeah. I mean, isn't everything in yeah, Lexington blue? Come on In now. the 1960s, <laughs> in a decade defined by hippies... We got uh, the Gummy Sour Treat Haribo Gold Bears, born in 1960. Mm-hmm. Mike Leach is a big fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lemonheads came out in 1962. I like Lemonheads, I like lemonheads mm-hmm. as well. In the 1970s, we got Pop Rocks. Oh, love that's Pop oh, Rocks. I can't love Pop Rocks. Yes. Love Pop Rocks. Yeah. Good on sushi as well. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> True story. I can't wait to go I back and you. pull that. <laughs> yes. Your reaction. Yeah. That's like, going to be a okay. great one. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> yes. There's a uh, there's a sushi bar in Las Vegas mm-hmm. at the Bellagio that they uh-huh. have a sushi roll that has Pop Rocks on the outside okay. of it. Okay. It's good. I trash you. Got to have one. It sounds like one of those things. Reese's Pieces were introduced in September of mm-hmm. 1978. That's a household favorite for us. Originally okay. named PBs, but Reese's Pieces really didn't take off until the 80s. With mm-hmm. ET. ET. When mm-hmm. ET came out, Reese's Pieces went to, they went galactic. In the 80s, Nerds in 83. I love Nerds. Got Sour Patch Kids in 85. Hey, almost. I'm close. Um, <laughs> in the 90s, Hershey's Cookies and Cream Bars, mm, created in 94, became a modern classic for the 90s. And then in the 2000s. We did get the early 2000s, did see Jelly Belly Candy Company, and then the original Jelly Beans came out in the 1960s, but Jelly Belly really took them to a different level yeah. in the 2000s. But I was also reading, so where are you? Are you yes, candy corn or no candy corn, Whitney? It's more of, I, I will eat it. I don't. I don't know. I, I will eat it if it's in like a mix of stuff, but I'm not just going to eat straight candy. Like corn. a Chex Mix yeah. or something yeah. like that, if it's there. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you. You all both both have a connection to agriculture. So let mm-hmm. me ask you: If they had maintained its name, its original name, would you be more likely to like it? And I tell you, its original name was Chicken Feed. The reason it's colored, yeah, kind of the way that it is, and the way that it, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like kernels of corn. No. So it really doesn't look like candy corn, even right. though we go, okay, candy corn. When it was first marketed, they called it chicken feed. Mm. And I think I might like it better if it was yeah, called chicken feed. It, yeah, I can understand that. Give me a handful of chicken feed yeah. over here. That's, that's, that's funny. All right. They'll just taste bad. Well, it's like puppy chow. <laughs> it's awfully puppy sweet. Chow good. And we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way here on In the Know.
Did you know? In Venice, Venetian blinds are known as Persian blinds. Really? So my question, what do we do knowing that? I need to know, Did Venice is Venice trying to pass them off to us as they're blind? So that would be blind plagiarism. Mm-hmm. They'd be taking credit for the Persians' work and passing it off as their own. Right. Should we cut out the middle person and just adapt and say, we're going to put Persian blinds in our home? What are you going to do this weekend? Oh, I'm going to install some new blinds. What kind of blinds? Well, I mean, some people think they're Venetian blinds, but actually they're Persian blinds. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Does it matter? I don't guess it does. No. Not to me at all. Yes. Okay. So long as the blinds get hung, you don't mind? Yes. That's kind of where I'm at. I figured that would probably be okay. Uh, as the days go, you know, we've been talking for several days now about the tragedy on the movie set of, uh, mm-hmm. on the movie Rust. And every day brings more bad or troubling news. So the day one, it was what a tragic accident and... No one knew, and et cetera. Then the next day, it was, well, wait, the gun was called cold by someone. Like, okay, well, then that person made a mistake. Why did they make that mistake? Then come to find out there were people wanting to walk off of the movie set already in protest because of conditions they were working under. Then come to find out that during a break from shooting, some of the people that were involved in the production crew had taken these weapons out and were shooting live rounds through them as recreation. And now the DA says an enormous amount of bullets were found on the rust set and criminal charges are on the table. So Alec Baldwin, the actor, is probably not going to be charged criminally. But Alec Baldwin, the producer, may because his company responsible for so this gets more tragic by the day but it does become more revealing on why it happened how can you not check that though that's my thing is i don't care if i'm the actor or the or the producer on the set would you not make sure that those things are unloaded yeah and also in a cgi world back in the old days when you know we were shooting westerns and spaghetti westerns and all that stuff and you had to you know you needed something that fired the gunpowder because at that time we were I just talking about this uh, with someone about this yesterday. When you get shot in real life, you don't automatically fall down. Right. That's a movie making thing. Mm-hmm. Hollywood did that because in play acting, that's how you let someone know I'm wounded. I fell down. Mm-hmm. So I understand in old in the old days, we needed to have someone firing a gun and smoke came out the side with gunpowder to say, ooh, I fired a gun. And then the person on the other end falls down and goes, oh, you hit me. Mm-hmm. But in this day and age, we have enough digital technology. That you can make that work. You can mm-hmm. you can right. add that in later. So I just, I really don't understand on why we're still doing it that way. And this may be the thing that changes it. Yeah. Um, it, it may very well, it may very well be, but. I mean, you work as long as you have as if you're Alec Baldwin and you trust the people that you're working around, you have to put a lot of faith in them that uh, if someone hands you a gun and says it's cold, Mm -hmm. you have to trust that that's the case. Mm -hmm. But now as we're finding out, this person had had complaints filed against them before Mm -hmm. on that. So it just the it nothing is going to change the tragedy. Right. But we're going to maybe get some explanation Mm -hmm. on the sequence of events that led to mm-hmm. uh, the tragedy and what may be negligence um, on the part tough. of some. There are accidents, and then there's negligent behavior, right. and hard to know. Dune, the movie, the mm-hmm. sequel is officially announced uh, following one successful opening weekend. 
Okay, I'm probably never going to see the first one, but now you tell me there's a second one. If you're a Dune fan, <laughs> I guess you're super excited over that. If you're me, I go, meh. Oh, Did you yeah. see it? No. I haven't seen it. I no. haven't seen it either. I don't even think I saw the original, you know, like in the 80s. Oh, I didn't. I th- I think I think it's a reboot. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's I a know reboot. I have no clue. It's a reboot. I think it's a video game. Is it not based on a video game? Maybe. I'm not sure. I think that's what it is. It's based off a video game. I you, don't know. You all are both big fans of The Office? I have watched a few a few seasons, but I've not gotten through all of it. Uh, yet. It seems like generationally, The Office is a pretty popular sitcom, yeah. and oh, so like you just... know BJ Novak. Mm-hmm. Um, BJ BJ Novak's face is ending up in odd places <laughs> that you might not expect on uh, products that you may be buying. Uh-huh. You know, you would think, well, BJ Novak would be pretty secure or pretty protective about what he puts his likeness on. But in some type of snafu, according to, he's 42 years of age, and he said that a photo of him was mistakenly deemed public domain years ago, meaning his face has appeared on various household products all over the world. (laughs) Whether it's, and the photo, by the the photo, by the way, I don't think he was bearded in the photo, but in this particular instance where they were dealing with. Shaving and clipping, they had added a beard, so it looked so he looked the part. So though he can likely get the photo taken down, he said the whole thing is too funny to not to do anything about, and it's good publicity that's that's, you know keeping him. He's probably getting just as yeah, just as Mm -hmm. much publicity from that. But it would be funny though to see his character on The Office take on this snafu, (laughs) you know, to see how Ryan would uh, would deal with it. That would be a a funny take. We got to get to a break. We'll come back. We'll finish it up for the morning here on In the Know. Hang around. MB's point to ponder for today. Whitney, you probably are best to field this one. Uh-oh. What's more embarrassing? You're on mute or you're not on mute. <laughs> <laughs> More embarrassing to me would probably be you're not on mute. <laughs> right. You know, so we went through that period where uh, you're on mute. You know, stop, stop talking. You're on mute. We can't hear you. Yeah. But then there are those people who say something. Oh, yes. When maybe they thought they were on uh-huh. mute and it's like, ooh, or wait. Or their video is on and they're asleep. <laughs> Have you seen people nod off? In yes, your, and I meetings. and I don't mean to be. I'm not trying to be ugly about it because you know it is what it is. But <laughs> this gentleman was of, um, he was older, and so it was. But it was kind of funny. We were all we were all texting him like, "Hey, your video's <laughs> on, and you're you know trying to like wake him up." <laughs> so. um, I think it was, I think I think it was you, who one day said, "I just have to have my phone connected to this meeting." Mm-hmm. But when you get caught is when you're the last one to leave. Yes. Like, like when <laughs> yeah. the meeting organizer goes before yeah. they close the meeting uh-huh. out for everyone. You know, if you host a meeting, that that's the equivalent of a person being asleep at their desk uh-huh. in the classroom uh-huh. because your phone yes. is still connected. Well, and it, I, 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 yeah, it was me here I, that day. I, I'm not going to lie about it. I had to be on a meeting. I didn't say what meeting it was. I, well, no it was not a know. meeting that I had to participate in. I just had to be on it. And Got it. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's just funny because yeah, I hadn't yeah. considered. Oh yeah, I guess if you're the last to leave the room, uh-huh. you've pretty much uh, told on yourself. Pretty much told mm-hmm. on yourself yes. on what uh, mm-hmm. what has happened uh, on television tonight. It's Game Two of the World Series. Uh, Beach, will the Astros win or will will the Braves win Game Two and go two zero on the series? Um, I'm gonna go with. I keep hearing Braves. Astros? What? Yeah, Braves and Astros. Braves and Astros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Braves. Houston or no. Atlanta. Does that help? Well, but did you all say that you all like the Braves better? I, I think I want the Braves to win. I'm, I have a yeah. huge amount of indifference, but I think I want the Braves to win. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Astros then. Okay. How's Just that? to be a contrarian or make sure that everyone's represented? Well, I'm taking the, the Braves and four. Okay. Yeah, she did have to think though. Do I want to be a contrarian? <laughs> Here's my opportunity if I can do that. Yeah. Also on Discovery Channel, the season eleven premiere of Moonshiners. Was this some how-to course that I missed out on? I didn't know it was a thing. Uh, I mean, I've heard of it before, but I'm surprised it's still on TV. Listen, I I thought I don't I don't know anything about making moonshine. Never made it, and I'm going to make a bold prediction: never going to make it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like to yeah. I don't like to use the word never, but of all the things lined up, all the things queued up in my life, all the things on my bucket list at age fifty, making moonshine, not anywhere in the top five thousand things I'm gonna mm-hmm. do. However, I don't think it would take me eleven seasons to figure it out. I think it's more about just the the storyline now. Okay. It's all, all right. it's one of those that started out as a reality show that turned into not mm-hmm. a reality show. Okay, Does that make sense? got it. Well, I've never I've not seen it. I've I've seen like one episode of it, but when it's on the tell. Discovery Channel or mm-hmm. TLC or whatever, I yeah. kind of think, well, this is more educational. Like if you if you were wanting if you had a passing interest mm-hmm. in learning how to do it, here's where you come. Mm-hmm. You know, moonshiners for dummies, mm-hmm. basically. Or moonshining for mm-hmm. dummies. So that's why I wonder. I mean, it's the so there's is, some is, simple ingredients. Can't you get in trouble for that, too? Everything I know about moonshining, I learned from the Andy Griffith show, and okay. I feel like I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to be like Mike Tomlin and say never, say never, but never. <laughs> yeah, never say never, but never. Yeah. yeah, I did have to stop and look at that yesterday. It's like, yeah, there you go. Uh, today's highlight in history, this day in 1978, Egyptian President Anwar Sadat and Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin were named winners of the Nobel Peace Prize. In 1858, the 26th President of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt, was born in New York City. DuPont announced a name for its new synthetic yarn in 1938. They called it nylon. You might have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Whew, have we heard of it, right? Birthdays <laughs> today. Actor John Cleese is 82 from Monty Python Troop. Lee Greenwood is 79 today. God bless, God bless the USA. The USA. Yeah. Fran Lebowitz is 71 today. Simon Lebon from Duran Duran is 63. And actor-singer Kelly Osborne is 37 today. It's uh, World Radio Day. First radio station got licensed uh, this date in uh, 1920. So cool. radio is 101 years old today from a commercial licensed standpoint. Wow. Gone but not forgotten, James Cook, born in 1728. Theodore Roosevelt in 1858. Emily Post in 1872. Floyd Kramer in 1933. Now I've got a song that's appropriate for the season as our first chart uh, chart topper today. We'll go to 1955. This is Roger Williams. 
And this song, I, w- I want you all to look outside. This song is called Autumn Leaves. Uh-huh. Some pretty good piano playing. He's no Floyd Kramer, but... So, is that run right there supposed to signify a leaf falling out? Have you seen one fall yet? No, I haven't yet. Okay, so it's not tracking yet. No. I see one. I I, did. I just saw one. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to see if the song was appropriately named or not. It sounded kind of tense. It did. You know, that's Mm -hmm. why I like this. Autumn leaves would seemingly be more peaceful yeah. i would i mean i would think but there she was just walking down the street 1964 manfred man number one if you've seen the movie stripes you know what an important mm-hmm. role this song <laughs> played she <laughs> looked fine she looked there's been a lot of drill march to that uh, to that ditty. Yep. Do I diddy diddy dum diddy do? Nineteen seventy three. We're gonna hold George and Tammy. Hold on. We're gonna hold on. We're gonna hold. Did you all know Tammy Wynette was the first lady of country music? I believe I did. I thought, well, it was a her or was it Patsy Cline? This album says she's the first lady of country music. Oh, I always thought it was Patsy Cline, but. I don't know. So that was 1973. Then in 1982, music changed a lot in nine years. Yes, it did. Jack and Diane with John Cougar, number one, in 82. Hold on to 16 as long as you can. Yeah, how many times do you think teenagers in the 80s were told that? Don't listen to that Jack and Diane song. (laughs) Pretty tame by modern standards. Yes, it is. 1991, Mariah Carey, number one with emotions. See, it changed a whole lot in 10 more years. (laughs) Yes, it did. Then we went through a real weird period in music around 2000. Yeah. Bad, but there's. We went through a grunge. Like, we were all depressed at that point in time. It from like. 2000 to 04 was just Unless really. You were the Foo Fighters, and then I could sort get behind of, you. I got mad at someone the other day on your behalf because they said the Foo Fighters, I and I said, "No, don't, it's don't Foo say Fighters. that." It's Foo Fighters. <laughs> just knew that. I just knew to be offended on your behalf now because you're such a big fan. Oh nine, Jay Sean, and Lil Wayne. My goodness gracious, that was twelve years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're aware. Two thousand nine. Well, I got married that year. Well, so. This is the song we danced up the aisle to after our, at our wedding ceremony. Okay. Well, so down the aisle to get married. Up, up the aisle to get married, uh, yes. down the back, aisle to leave. Back down the aisle, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. yeah, we so did so, it. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, so we love this song, too. And then um, three years ago today, Maroon 5, Cardi B, Girls Like You. Oh, number like one three years ago today, so not too bad. Whitney, thanks for coming in, yeah. as always. Um, hopefully we'll see you again in mm-hmm. a week or so. And yep. 
Uh, always a pleasure to see you. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. If you change your mind, you can change your life. If you change your mind, you can change your life. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Whitney Carmen, for B, Jimmy and B, and now you're in the know.